This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin and this is Gigi Well Played, a show that talks about all things video games. We'll be talking to a representative from Udo in this episode to learn how they're supporting the esports scene here in the country. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Alright, we're going to kick off this week's news with a fresh story that was just released yesterday. Square Enix has announced the next installment of the Kingdom Hearts saga, Kingdom Hearts 4. The announcement was made during an event commemorating the series' 20th anniversary. Hmm, that's right, they have not announced the platform in which the game is going to be on, but the trailer did showcase more realistic-looking graphics, featuring longtime protagonist Sora battling a giant enemy in the Quadratum. We got a glimpse of the gameplay as well, which has the traditional Kingdom Hearts mechanics, and of course, Goofy and Donald Duck at the end of the trailer. The game is reportedly being developed on Unreal Engine 5, which explains the very impressive and realistic-looking nature of it. Considering the setting, we're not sure whether the game is going to retain this look when they eventually head to the more cartoony world of Disney. Mm. On top of that, Square Enix also announced Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, which is a new mobile game that will feature 3D action but set in the realm of Scala and Kalium. A close beta test for the game is planned for the later part of this year. Lastly, they also announced that the final chapter of Kingdom Hearts Dark Road will be released this coming August. It's a free update to the Kingdom Hearts Union X Dark Road app. Kingdom Hearts fans, what do you make of this announcement? Do let us know your thoughts by writing in at ggwellplayedggwp at bfm.my. Okay, up next, Remedy Entertainment, makers of Control, will be revisiting the franchise that put them on the map. Remedy has struck a deal with Rockstar Games to remake Max Payne and Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. Remedy was the original developer of those two games before selling the IP rights to Take-Two, Rockstar's parent company, back in 2002 for 10 million USD in cash and stock shares. Mm, so now they'll be coming back to the series for a remake of these two games and reportedly the game will be made into one and will be aiming for a release on the PS5, Xbox Series X and S as well as PC. The game will be developed using their Northlight game engine with Rockstar footing the bill for development. Remedy will then collect royalties after Rockstar has recouped their funding after the release of the game. For now, there's no release window given but this is definitely positive news for fans of their noir action game. Well, let's hope that it all turns out well. But moving on, reports have emerged that Ubisoft might be developing a new Ghost Recon series. This report emerged after Ubisoft made the announcement that 2017's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, the most recent Ghost Recon title, will not be receiving any future updates. But the servers would continue to run as usual for players who are still enjoying the game. Ghost Recon Breakpoint was not that well received by fans and was mired in a lot of controversies, so it's not a surprise that this has finally happened. And also it's not really surprised to hear reports that Ubisoft is maybe working on a new Ghost Recon game. According to Kotaku, the new Ghost Recon game has been in development for more than a year at Ubisoft Studio in Paris and the game might be released as early as next year. So, will it happen? Only time will tell. Last but not least, after their highly successful collaboration with George R.R. Martin for Elden Ring, is Bandai Namco looking to collaborate with yet another successful fantasy writer? 
Brendan Sanderson, a fantasy author that's celebrated for his work with the Mistborn series, and for completing Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time after Jordan's passing, has revealed on his stream that he was approached by Bandai Namco for a potential collaboration. Yeah, he candidly revealed this all while unboxing an Elden Ring package that he received from Bandai Namco on stream. The package came with a note that basically expressed interest in a collaboration with Sanderson, duly saying that he is interested. He also said that he has a pitch ready for the game that's thematic to the publisher's previous games, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Of course, nothing in the works yet, but considering the success that Elden Ring is currently enjoying, we can't help but feel slightly intrigued and excited with this potential collaboration, if of course it does happen. Well, that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif. Joining me today in this episode is Chow Takman. He's the head of Yudu, a telco company that has been supporting the mobile gaming and esports industry in Malaysia for a number of years. Takman is now going to share their journey in the scene so far. Well, let's let's start with what you do um, stands for. Right? It's it's a digital telco that's for the modern consumer or for the youthful generation. So basically, a generation that's digital savvy, highly opinionated, wants personalized services, and are engaged in lifestyle areas. So that's why uh, you do got involved in lifestyle segments. Um, for example, K-pop, music and entertainment, and of course, esports. So that's why we identify esports as a high potential segment to grow you do it's it's really something that you know it's it's rapidly growing so the fan base is huge right so the potential for the eyeballs and potential to market to this bunch of uh, fans is is fantastic so that's why you do got involved in esports mm. do you think that your your i guess platforms ease of use to a certain extent and also the flexibility I guess jives well with, with the customer base or potential customer base for you do um, and I'm assuming that you know the, the target demographic here is perhaps the younger audience uh, it is we basically target um, we call them the modern consumer so anyone who can use who knows how to use the app to manage their I suppose manage their life right uh, uh, someone who, who uses the app to do e-commerce someone who uses the app to order food so this is the, the generation that we are targeting because you need to know how to manage your line through the app. So in general, this generation is basically the Gen Ys and the Gen Z. And this generation is also uh, one that is data hungry, right? They are playing mobile games on their phone. So it actually fits to what we are doing. So because at the end of the day, Yudu is a, a digital telco. We provide connectivity and we provide you know, the, the data for gamers to use uh, to play their game. Mm, all right. So you've been in the scene for quite a bit now. What what have you observed in terms of, I guess, uh, how people have been using their mobile data with regard to um, esports or even, you know, playing mobile games? Well, in, in Malaysia and actually in Southeast Asia, uh, a lot of the games are starting to be played on mobile. I mean, most games are either on console, on PC and on mobile. But I think in this region and in Malaysia, um, the higher percentage is on mobile. So that's that's what we're seeing, right? It's easier to play. It's easier to pick up. And the more popular uh, games, right? Uh, whether it's strategy games, the mobile games like Mobile Legends or the Battle Royale games like uh, PUBG Mobile, these are the ones that are um, being played and having a large audience. 
Mm. Um, did you no- notice any, I guess, uh, any changes in in trends uh, these past two years, especially during the pandemic? Because during the, I think you know, yeah, people are not allowed to to gather around to to play mobile games together. And as much as what I find quite interesting about mobile games is that despite the mobile nature of these games, people tend to sometimes just congregate together and still play games in front of each other, right? Um, do you observe any any changing trends uh, during the past two years uh, during the pandemic? Oh yes, there there has been some changes. I mean, prior to the pandemic, when Yudu was involved in in some of these games, uh, we had the online portion of the games, right? Which is the most most of the time is the, the qualifying portions of the tournaments. Um, we have a lot of live stream and so on, but it didn't beat the atmosphere of having a grand final in in a specific location. So, for example, uh, when we organized our PUBG Mobile National Championship Finals uh, with Tencent, it was in a shopping center. So you get both the fan base of the teams, uh, fan base of of the game itself, and then you have the casual shoppers, I suppose, that are passing by, right? And they are all gathering around that big atrium and, and supporting it. So I think that that part is missing and that, that atmosphere part is missing. During the pandemic, it, it was more online. So in a sense, from, from the game perspective or from the eyeball perspective, didn't really, I mean, didn't really lose out. Huh? Uh, the customer didn't really lose out, and they, they were watching it online. Uh, the publishers didn't lose out because there were enough people watching it. Uh, but you lose out on the atmosphere. So I think that's that's the part that um, that has been affected during the pandemic. And if you look at it nowadays, uh, since we are opening up a bit more, you will see the um, latest tournaments. Uh, there's a they they run it as a hybrid whereby the Broadcast is still is still online, but they have the players on site, right? So to, that the players themselves feel that competitive nature of the game. Yeah. So um, what what I find quite interesting also is that um, like you said earlier, I mean, as much as you know, the gaming, especially the professional esports gaming scene here, is pretty diverse in terms of options that are available. Mobile seems to be taking, uh, I guess, the bulk of the of the pie, right? Do you foresee this, I guess, uh, improving and getting bigger uh, as we move on? Like, will will the dominant gaming or esports gaming scene here in Malaysia be dominated by the mobile scene? I think in, in if we put it in the shorter term, in the medium term, um, definitely. Um, definitely the mobile scene is going to grow even bigger, Um because the, the PC and, and the console scene is, is just going to remain as it is, I think. Uh, but the mobile mobile section is going to grow because you have you have the main games or the developers and the publishers of these games pushing heavily. Uh, they're coming to Malaysia. They're setting up teams in Malaysia, right? So we have Tencent Games setting up offices in Malaysia. Moontone has set up, uh, they have representatives in Malaysia. So you have these um, publishers who are pushing this game. At the same time, it is really easier for, um, I suppose, a customer or a fan, right, to be just picking up a phone to play the game. So it's likely that, yeah, mobile will still be the the dominant, uh, I suppose, uh, gaming platform uh, for Malaysians at this moment. Mm, yeah, um, the barrier to entry yeah, is pretty important. Like, I mean, the thing about gaming is that um, as much as I think a lot of people these days are playing video games one way or another, uh, mobile gaming is still, to a certain extent, the most accessible out of you know all the other kinds of gaming, right? If you think about it, I think the barrier to entry is definitely low, and because a lot of people have smartphones these days, and it's easy to just you know download a game and start playing, right? Um, which is why I think it's important to have a solid infrastructure to to, to also support the kind of gaming. Uh, especially multiplayer games, right? 
Yes, definitely. I mean, it, you, you know, in, in let's say among friends, right? Everyone has their mobile phones. So it's easy to play among your friends. Or you don't need to wait for someone to be in front of a PC or to make sure they have a PC or they have a console. I think not everybody has that. So unless you're playing on your own, maybe more the casual games, uh, then maybe it's, it's, it's more relevant to the PCs and consoles at this moment. But if you want to play, uh, I suppose, the current popular games, especially with your friends, it's likely that everybody has a smartphone and they can just, like what you said, just download the game and play with each other. You've been hearing from Chow Takman, head of Udo, talking about their role in supporting the mobile gaming industry. We're going to make way for some messages. Stay tuned. This is GG Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to GG Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. Head of Udo, Chow Takman, joins me on the show to share how they are playing their part in elevating the mobile gaming industry and the esports scene. The pandemic has been quite challenging for almost everyone, so how did Udo fare and overcome all the hurdles? Um, well, last year, it was a pretty good year actually for, for Udo. Um, I also an eventful year, of course, with the pandemic, uh, with the MCO at the beginning of the year. But uh, we have been in the esports industry since uh, 2018 and we've been able to learn every year. So I suppose that helped us in terms of how we manage and how we got continue our involvement in uh, esports. Last year was an exciting year because we continued to work on a couple of things, uh, which is um, team partnerships. Right? Um, I'm not sure whether you're aware, but we, we do have um, teams in Mobile Legends and in uh, PUBG Mobile. So we, we inked a partnership with uh, RSG, uh, RSG, so we call them the Udo RSG Mobile Legends team. At that time also, we had the Udo RSG Call of Duty uh, mobile team. Right? Uh, last year also, it was the first time we partnered with an international esports organization called Alliance, and we formed uh, the Udo Alliance team. Prior to that, of course, we had the Udo Gang team, but now at the moment, we, have, uh, we are working with the Udo Alliance team. So in terms of um, team partnerships, it's been uh, uh, fantastic because the teams themselves have been pretty successful in terms of, uh, for example, the Mobile Legends team winning one of the national championships last year and our Udo Alliance team representing Malaysia towards the end of last year for uh, the global championships. Um, we also worked with um, Moontone and Tencent Games for Mobile Legends and PUBG Mobile's uh, Professional League, respectively. So those are things that we've gotten involved in. So we have been pretty involved in terms of tournaments, uh, not just at the professional level, but also supporting the campus level. For for example, PUBG Mobile, we have worked on the PUBG Mobile uh, Campus Championship. So that gives an opportunity for, I suppose, the younger generation or those those in the universities to be taking part and seeing how they, they would fare, right? Uh, where we would see the new talent coming through uh, through this grassroots kind of uh, competition. And finally, I suppose we, you know, last year, so we've been busy getting involved in other parts of the ecosystem, not just, you know, teams and tournaments, uh, because we, we've been involved with, you know, working on Custer Search, uh, we've been involved with influencers, uh, you know, uh, event organizers, basically supporting the whole ecosystem to, to help grow it. 
Yeah, uh, and and that's the I guess crucially uh, equally important part as well, right? I think sometimes when it comes to esports, people tend to just focus on the players and the teams, but um, th- there is a bigger ecosystem that's also worth investing on. It's also worth I guess supporting as well, and that includes, you know, finding casters and whatnot, right? Yes, agree. I mean, the part about esports, right? Yeah, like like what you said, most people think okay, it's just players, teams, and tournaments. But it's really more to that. And we are seeing that expansion and growth in, in the Malaysian scene, right? Uh, you have casters, you have content creators, you have influencers, you have uh, esport organizations. I think there are many esport organizations starting up in Malaysia. Then even the media side, esports media, you have uh, media that is dedicated to esports, right? Um, quite a number coming up. Uh, then, of course, you have game developers, event organizers. So you have a big ecosystem and and I think that's that's quite it's, it's actually a very good uh, and healthy thing for Malaysian esports. Mm. Uh, having been on the ground and I guess um, organizing grassroots um, tournaments um, what what's the reception like among people out there you know considering that I think our society one way or another still have a bit of a perception towards gaming uh, especially I guess when you think about um yeah, interactions with the older generation perhaps but I guess to a certain extent there is still a bit of I guess I wouldn't say negative but a bit of a you know skepticism towards towards being involved in the gaming industry right so based, based on I guess what you've been doing or uh, been going on the ground you know observing you know organizing tournaments and whatnot what's the I guess appetite of the community out there um, you know and the surrounding community as well towards esports you know and mobile gaming in general yeah that's a that's a very good question um, it is it is growing uh, in the sense that we have seen the second generation kind of talents emerging. But this has, has helped. Um, basically, what has happened is that you see the first generation paving the way for, for, for this. Uh, most of these talents will need to develop their careers, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're playing games all the time, uh, you're practicing this professional level, it is a career to them. So how do you make sure that this you can earn from uh, from this career? So... As more and more people get involved, more and more sponsors get involved, uh, more tournaments to, to win prize money. Um, so this is where I suppose the talents themselves see that there's potential. So if you are good at it, you can earn a living from it. And when I mentioned just now, you are seeing the second generation see the first generation push through right? Uh, in this and this is, in, is inspiring them. Uh, we, we know of teams that sometimes the teams, some of them are very young. Some of these players are very young. And whenever conversations happen with um, the, the esport organization, uh, sometimes the parents get involved, right? Which is fair, right? They want to make sure that their children uh, you know, can make a career out of this. And, and that's where I suppose even um, companies like Yudu are helping because that we have had a case before when they heard that, oh, Yudu is sponsoring this, this, um, this team. Then it, it gave them a bit more comfort, right? That, you know, this is not just... Uh, someone out of the blue are sponsoring and may just run away, right? So I think we are starting to see that um, the whole ecosystem developing. And when the whole ecosystem develops, then you will see more and more people, uh, more and more talents emerging uh, in the ecosystem and more and more people considering it as a career option. Mm, yeah, and, and, and I guess to a certain extent, even if there are negative perceptions out there, I think it's slowly changing, right? Yeah, it is, it is slowly changing. Um, I think that it's also due to the fact that there are more professional type of um, organizations getting involved. Uh, maybe at the start, you know, the, um, 
some of these organizations are, you know, let's try, let's try esports and so on. And and not you know, you they, they missed a bit of the professionalism, right? Um, we are starting to see more and more um, esports organizations being more professional in Malaysia. And of course, when the regional organizations and the global organizations start to come to Malaysia, you have to compete and you have to develop that. And as mentioned, you also see some of the first generation talents, right? Showing good, um, I suppose, uh, being a good example to, to the next generation, right? So that's where they learn it. Mm. Um, how, how do you collaborate with other stakeholders uh, when it comes to, you know, I guess trying to professionalize the industry obviously i guess this requires collaboration on all fronts um you know including government and like other different stakeholders um do people actually come together and sit together you know at a table to actually discuss how perhaps the industry can can uh, be improved from Yudu's perspective we have not been involved in any industry um conversation uh, but from from our side whenever we deal with um partners whether it's the e-sport organization whether it's the tournament organizer, whether it's the publisher, uh, they will realize that uh, Yudu is, is very professional about things, right? And it's 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 about, you know, making sure the name gets out, about deliverables. Uh, so from, from that perspective, you you start to see that the partners respect that, right? And and they, they realize, okay, this is not just getting into gaming for fun, right? Uh, this is both fun and at the same time, um, there's a professional approach to it. And I believe that this helps uh, in terms of, you know, making sure that, you know, we, we are one of those that make sure that uh, things are professional, things are run properly. And I think this this spreads throughout the, um, the ecosystem. Mm. Um, based on your observation and based on, I guess, the time period that you've spent in the industry, do you have any other plans to perhaps, you know, revolutionize and change how things are being done uh, at the moment? How else can you improve or contribute to improving the industry? Well, maybe I'll start again that Yudu is in the first place a telco that provides data and connectivity services. Um, but with the gaming segment in Malaysia and the region being more on mobile, we need to make sure that we provide high-speed data with low lag, low ping, right, to provide good gaming experience. So I think that's one, one area definitely that we will contribute directly, which is uh, providing that good connectivity for, for the games itself, right? Uh, I think this is a starting point uh, for evolution esports in Malaysia. And on our side, uh, I myself, uh, I suppose, and you do, we are pretty innovative in nature, right? So we, we like picking up ideas and improving on it. So I think from Yudu's perspective, we can probably develop new gaming packages um, that not only provide data, but also bundle with items from the game itself. So these are things that we are working on, right? Which would generate interest and make it uh, easier. Like everything is in, in one bundle uh, to help uh, grow the, in the industry. I think besides that, there are many more things that we can work on. We, we talk to publishers all the time. You know, how do we enhance the viewing experience of, of the tournaments, of the events? Uh, these things are being discussed quite often uh, with, with, with them. So these are areas that we can possibly um, improve on. Um, speaking of connectivity, uh, you mentioned that you know as much as it's also important to provide the gamers themselves, it's also yeah uh, to some extent kind of important to also provide perhaps people who are into the scene but maybe not necessarily gamers themselves, right? Because and then the the esports industry is is diverse in that sense, right? So you have gamers who want to also play these games, but at the same time you have viewers, right, who just want to watch streams. So so it's also I guess crucial to to I guess think about the industry on that front as well, right? Yes, it is. And maybe to add on to that, 
um, because we have had experience in the esports scenes, um, we are always happy to collaborate with other brands and organizations who enter this scene, right? Uh, I can give you an example. Last year, when we were organizing the PUBG Mobile Campus Championship, uh, there was an FMCG brand that uh, wanted to come on board, but they had no idea about esports, right? So we we helped them, we worked with them. Uh, we were good partners uh, teaching them about the esports scene. I think they were pretty happy to be involved in the end. So these are things that you know that I think that from my perspective and from Yudu's perspective, we can help out. I think we can we believe that we can have more parties on board, the ecosystem can flourish further. Mm, all right. Okay. Um speaking of that, um we're still relatively early in the year. Uh what are your plans for the esports industry uh this year? It's a bit similar to um the the items that I talked about in 2021. Uh, which means that we're going to be developing uh, further on what we've built uh, over the last few years. Um, and that means team partnerships, right? Um, we have re-inked the deal with uh, Yudu RSG uh, with an enhanced player and influencers lineup. And of course, we continue to work with uh, Alliance for Yudu Alliance, um, which has a fresh, strong new lineup, which is already making Malaysia proud. So, so that's on the first part. On the gaming and esport partnerships, we will continue to work with our current uh, partners, our current publisher partners. But at the same time, we are also exploring um, other opportunities. So it's likely that you will see um, a few more partnership announcements, um, possibly towards the second half of the year, a few new games that we're going to get involved in. So those are things that we are targeting for 2022. And also, we'll be looking again to support the tournament and ecosystem, right? Um, so we will continue to build the community, uh, probably different aspects of the ecosystem. We are likely to contribute and support casters, content creators, and also uh, gaming influencers. Mm. Um, I know um, the target is mobile, but any plans to perhaps, I guess, support the, the other platforms as well? Consoles and PCs, perhaps? Um, at this moment, admittedly, it will be more mobile because it's um, directly we can directly see the impact of um, what we're doing, right? Because if we we promote heavily and we get in, involved in the mobile games, uh, these are likely potential um, Yudu customers. So we can see the direct impact. So admittedly, we are not really involved in console and uh, and also the computer side of things for now. Having said that. When there, when there, there is an opportunity, for example, to work on Dota 2 um, items, we have done that before, right? We had a viewing party uh, for the international. So these are things that we will work on. Maybe from that perspective, it's more on the community side of things, but definitely the focus will be on mobile. You're tuned in to GG Well Played and that was Chow Takman, head of Yudu, a telco company that has been supporting the mobile gaming industry and esports scene in the country. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on pfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.